Well, hello and welcome in to Mr. Stillman's Opus. I'm Ben George with John Stillman at Rosewood Wealth Management there in the Triangle. John, John, do you classify yourself Durham, Chapel Hill, the Triangle? How do you actually? I have it? a Durham address, but I identify as a Hillsboroughian. Hillsborough. Um, okay. So we are we're in Orange County, even though it's a Durham address. So I got I think you. of myself as an Orange County person. Okay. You know, someone that moved to the state you know, in the last five years and not too familiar with it. I know there's a lot of, I don't know if animosity is the word, but there's a lot of uh, maybe boundary drawing when it comes to the triangle. So I'm never really sure if I'm stepping on someone's toes by saying one thing versus another, but I just want to make sure I clarified that. Well, so I tend to think that most people in Chapel Hill and Carborough don't necessarily think of themselves as part of the triangle as much as other people in the triangle think of themselves as part of the triangle. So uh, Chapel Hill and Carborough tend to have their own like, well, it's it's us and, you know, we're different and special and um, not necessarily <laughs> part of the triangle, even though everybody else in the triangle would say, yeah, well, you're part of the triangle. That's yeah. that's the third point of the triangle. Right. We can't have the triangle without you guys. So yeah, otherwise yeah. it's just a, a line. <laughs> you have to be included. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, if you have anything on your mind, hopefully we'll answer it in terms of expenses today, some changes in expenses in retirement. But if you haven't started planning, want to maybe follow up, kind of check on your situation with John over at Rosewood Wealth Management, you can do so by calling 800-545-2991 or maybe even easier, just go to meetwithjohn.com. And you can pick a time out on this calendar that works for you as well. So we're talking about changing expenses in retirement. And I know this is a big, I guess, part of putting together the entire plan, right, John, is, is figuring out expenses. And are most people surprised that expenses are going to change both, you know, both ways, both good and bad in retirement? Or do, they, do a lot of people just kind of assume, hey, things will be pretty similar as they have been through my working career? I think um, probably... People, if anything, are surprised to find that their expenses don't necessarily change as much as they thought they were. Like there's this idea that you're going to spend less money in retirement, which in some categories that probably is true. Uh, but for a lot of people, the expenses don't really change at all. It just depends on your lifestyle, which you know we'll, we'll talk about some of those areas where you have changed. Sometimes expenses in one category go down, but they're replaced by expenses somewhere else going up. Well, what about work-related expenses? Let's start there. So you've been working uh, your whole life and you're paying for stuff like gas, maybe eating out for lunch occasionally with people. Maybe if you have to actually pay for things that are used to work, buy new clothes, whatever else. Uh, you know, I, don't, I guess I wouldn't really necessarily think about it, but these things go away. This is actually a category in which you might actually have a little extra money, correct? So when people say, well, I'll spend less money in retirement, one of the things that they cite, one of the categories they cite is well, I won't have expenses related to work. And in a, a lot of cases, like, well, what expenses are you talking about? Well, I don't have to buy clothes for work. And I remember somebody said this to me a couple of years ago. And I was like, bro, you're, you might as well have come in here in a members-only jacket. You have not bought new clothes <laughs> since 1987. And so this idea of, well, I buy all these clothes for work. No, you don't. And so... You know, maybe there's a, a nurse who spends money on scrubs a lot and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. there, there are situations where you maybe have to spend your own money on a work-related outfit or uniform, but that's pretty rare. So that's usually not something that's going to be a, a big change in retirement, even though it's one people cite a lot. Uh, another one is commuting costs. 
And, you know, this is getting less and less with more and more people working from home. But if you have a long commute, that certainly can be an expense that goes away um, or at least is reduced. Now you have more time on your hands to be out driving around and doing things. But if you're not like there was a time in my life where I was commuting from Hillsboro to Cary and, you know, I still have PTSD just thinking about doing that every day. Uh, but if you're making a commute like that, like that can be expensive. Depending on where you work, you might have to pay for parking. Like we have some folks that are retired from Duke, maybe worked in the medical center or the university, and they had to pay for their parking. In some cases, it could be north of $100 a month that they're paying for parking. So there are little things like that that can add up. One area that a lot of people don't necessarily think about is how much they spend going out to eat for lunch while they're at work. So they don't yeah. pack their lunch. They don't take their lunch to work. They, it's just easier, more convenient to go out to eat. And then once you retire, you find that you're not eating out as much because now you have more time on your hands to cook. Or you know, you might realize, I wasn't even that hungry for lunch. I was just going to give myself a break from the office. Like My parents now eat two meals a day. They eat like a late breakfast and an early dinner. They just don't eat lunch. Um, and so, you know, people might fall into patterns like that, which opens up some, some money. I could definitely see myself fall into that pattern. I don't, I don't usually eat breakfast, but when I eat like a big breakfast, I'm never hungry for lunch. So I'll definitely be an early bird special person probably later on in life yeah, as well. You'll be at the cafeteria, K&W <laughs> at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah, maybe 430 if we're getting crazy one day. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, all right. So work-related expenses, maybe not as meaningful as you think, but could just be depending on your case. It could be uh, healthcare, John. I cannot imagine the healthcare is going to get cheaper in retirement, right? Since you're having to pay a lot. I know we we take for granted what a lot of times our employer does for us. When you when you've ever had your employer healthcare and then gone off of that, you've quickly been hit with the reality of the cost of healthcare. So, am I wrong in thinking this is going to be one that is increasing? Again, depends on your situation. If you're one of the folks that pays for your own health insurance, you have a standalone plan. Um, and you're moving into Medicare coverage, well, almost certainly this is going to save you money because you're going to go from paying, could be 1000 2000 a month, depending on your, your plan, to Medicare, which the guidance I usually give people on Medicare is if you have, so your, your, part, your part A is free. I mean, you've been paying for it for the last few decades through your paycheck, but part A is free. Part B is going to be Depending on your income, it, it's a fluctuating premium. But for most people, it's going to be less than 150 a month for your Part B. Let's say you have Part D, your drug plan, your Medicare supplement, and maybe you have a standalone dental and vision plan. Generally, I tell people to plan for about 300 to 315 per month per person. So for a couple, 600 to 630 per month. And the good thing about that is like that, that's essentially also covering all of your deductibles and copays and all that because it includes your supplement, which covers that stuff mm -hmm. if you have the right one. So think about it from that perspective. All right, well, if I got to pay 600 a month for healthcare, how does that relate to my current status? Because if you have a standalone plan, like I said, going to 600 a month for two people, that's a great deal, almost guaranteed to be a great deal. If your employer is covering it, well, now this is a $600 additional monthly expense that you have to figure out how you're going to pay for. Now you could say, well, I had to, my, my coverage was free, but I had my spouse on my company plan and I had to pay for them and it actually cost me more than 600 a month or whatever the number is. Well, that's fine, but 
that was coming out of your paycheck. It's not like you brought that money home and then you had to write a check for that money. So it still kind of feels like it was covered. Um, and you know, when we're doing the income plan, we're starting with your take home pay. What are you used to bringing in every month? And then from there, what expenses do we need to add or subtract from the ledger? So more often than not, your costs are going to be less once you're on Medicare. It's just a question of, do you realize it or not? Are you aware of that change because of how your insurance was getting paid for before when you were working, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. So healthcare, big one. Um, so depending on your situation, could be much more expensive, but hopefully that gives you kind of an idea of what to expect in that category. What about taxes? Next category I want to talk to you about in terms of expenses. So I know that's tax rates will be going up in a couple of years. So I'd assume that taxes will go up some, but what are we paying attention to? Well, the weird thing about taxes in retirement is a lot of people feel like they're paying more when they're actually paying less. So we've had a lot of people who say, well, I don't understand why my taxes went up when I retired. Well, it's not that they went up. It's just that you weren't having as much withheld from your social security or your pension or your IRA withdrawals. You weren't having as much withheld as you had withheld from your paycheck. And so if you look at your tax return, you look at the line that says total tax, that's what your actual tax bill was. How much you got back or how much you owed is not indicative of your, your tax bill. That's just how much you had withheld relative to what your tax bill was. So you look at your total tax while you were working and it's $17,000 and then you owed 1000 when you did your taxes. Well, then you retire, your withholdings are now different. You look at your total tax and it might say 9,000. So you paid a lot, you owed a lot less total, but you owed 2000 when it came time to file your taxes because you didn't have enough withheld throughout the year. So to you, you feel like you're paying more taxes, even though you're in reality paying a lot less. So the good thing about taxes in retirement is we have much more control over your withholdings and more controls over your income. So when you're working, you don't really have control over any of this. Like you're just a W-2 employee. Let's say you're, you're getting your money in every month. Your salary is what it is. It's all taxable. Your deductions kind of are what they are. Like if you're itemizing, yeah, great. You can come up with as many deductions as you can, but there's not that much you can do to really change your tax situation while you're working. Once you're retired though, it's a completely different thing because your social security is going to be taxed based on what your other income is. And so we can manipulate what that other income is to make our social security more or less taxable depending on the year. And so if we want to take more out of an IRA one year, because we've got more headroom to do that, then we might other years, we might take less out of the IRA and take more out of some other account. That's not going to be taxed the same because we want to control how much our social security is being taxed. This is probably, I would say maybe the biggest thing that we spend time talking with people about when they first retire is controlling this tax stuff. I mean, yes, the investments are an important part of it and figuring out how that income is being generated in the first place, but controlling the tax plan is one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing that we spend time talking with folks about when they first retire. Again, if you want to talk with John, you can always call 800-545-2991 or log on meetwithjohn.com. Schedule a meeting right there. Find a time on his calendar that works for you. Boom, you're getting started. All right, a couple more expenses John pay attention to. So savings. Um, this one's interesting because you know, you've been saving your entire career. You put a certain amount of money away 
um, 10, 15% on the good side, I guess, uh, of your, of your check every month towards savings. But the good news is in retirement, you don't have to put that money away anymore, right? Yeah. So a lot of people will want to, uh, just because they're used to saving, uh, but a couple of examples. So sometimes you'll have folks that are, when they're saving in their 401k and all that, like that's, again, that's all before the paycheck hits your checking account. So yes, you're going to stop saving in the 401k once you retire, but you're not going to notice that as an expense that goes away because again, that you weren't bringing that money home in the first place. But then you do have people that are building up their savings account throughout the year, every year, or people that are putting money into a brokerage account. That is happening after your paycheck hits the checking account. So that is, if if you say, well, we're, we're doing this for retirement, yeah, that could be an expense of sorts that goes away. Now, we do have to think about things like property taxes and all that, that you pay once a year. Because a lot of people say, yeah, well, I'm saving money every month. But really, you're not building up your assets. You're just doing it throughout the course of the year. And then you're taking money out in December to pay your property taxes. It's not like you're actually building up the savings account. You're just saving it for a few months until you have to pay a bill with it. So if that's what you're doing, well, you you can't really think of that as savings so much. Um, It's just managing your annual expenses that aren't regular monthly things. And so on that note, sometimes what we'll do is we might have a particular account for people that we're only going to withdraw from once a year. So they might have some of their accounts that are producing monthly income for them, but we might have another account that we're only going to touch once a year. We're going to take one withdrawal and that's going to be enough to cover the property taxes on your vehicles and your house and you know maybe one other annual expense. So that way it's not something you have to save up for during the year. So there are a lot of different ways you can look at that, but if you are saving out of your after-tax income, that could very well be a quote-unquote expense that goes away. Okay, good news there. All right, last one then I want to talk to you about is travel. So we know every day in retirement is a Saturday, so it can be easy to spend your money, and a lot of people do want to get out and see more of the local area or the state or country, whatever the, the goals are in retirement. But travel is an expense that you have to think about because it will be changing likely. So three different buckets I would say people fall into on this. There are people who have to travel a lot for work. And once they retire, they say, no, I'm done. I've seen the world. Or even if I haven't seen the world, I've just been on planes enough and I'm tired of traveling. Um, So certainly have a lot of people in that boat. They're actually going to travel less once they retire just because they're tired of it. Um, We also have people who, while they were working, they would do a big vacation every year, which might be a six, seven, ten thousand dollar a year trip because it was their getaway from work. And they, they had to do this big trip to give themselves a break from work. And then once they retire, they're not necessarily doing the big trip like that. They might do a couple of other things throughout the year, beach, mountains, go see my sister in Pennsylvania, whatever but it's not necessarily huge dollar amount things. So they might spend the same amount in retirement. Their travel costs might not go up just because they're doing more leisurely things throughout the year instead of one big, like let's funnel everything into this one vacation. Then there are people who really do start traveling a lot and we have to have specifically money for travel as part of their retirement income plan. 
In some cases, we have a separate account that's just for your travel. And it might be whatever income that account can generate throughout this year. Well, that's going to be your travel money for next year. So you know going into it, all right, well, we got $13,000 generated from that account. That'll be our travel money for 2024, let's say. So there are ways that um, you can structure that. But yes, absolutely, travel is something you have to think about. And most people, I would say probably 75% of our folks, uh, travel is going to be a big part of their retirement. And it doesn't always look like fancy travel. It's not always going to Egypt to see the pyramids or Australia for a month. In fact, I would say it's rarely that. But travel in some form or fashion applies for most people. Well, bottom line is you need to get a handle on your expenses, get a pretty good understanding of what might change and will be better or be more harmful towards your budget and your bottom line. Well, it's important to get that under control now. And you can do so always by working with a professional. John is a chartered retirement planning counselor at Rosewood Wealth Management. You can find him online at rosewoodwealthmanagement.com. But if you just want to set up a time to talk with John, just go to meetwithjohn.com. Very easy. Pick out a time on the calendar. And John, when you come in, is expenses part of the discussion early on? In a lot of cases, yeah. I mean, some people already have a list and they say, all right, here's, here's my cost for living monthly in retirement. And sometimes those lists are pretty accurate. And sometimes they've just added up their bills and they haven't done anything like think about food and gas and everything like that. So um, it's, yes, yeah, usually part of the discussion. Some people are more prepared for it than others. All right. Very good. Again, go to meetwithjohn.com or call 800-545-2991. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Mr. Stillman's Opus. For John Stillman at Rosewood Wealth, I'm Ben George. Have a good week. Carolina Wealth Stewards Doing Business as Rosewood Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor in the state of North Carolina. The material presented is intended to be general information and should not be construed by any consumer as the rendering of personalized investment advice.